Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team. Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3. If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com. But for now, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I am Brett, and I am super excited today to be joined by my friends Charlie. Hi, friends. And Chef. Hey, everybody. And Gene. What's up? And Gene, this is your first time ever on a podcast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so also first time on this podcast. Yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I've been doing student ministry for about 10 years as a job. It's only been for about three years, but okay. I volunteered at a Korean American church for a little bit and then jumped over to Gwinnett Church, started volunteering there and then started working with students. Very cool. Well. well, I'm excited you're hanging out with us today. Um, and today we're going to be talking about this idea of why curating fun is a crucial part of every youth ministry. So that's kind of a, a weird way to put it. And we're going to get to that later in the episode. But the first thing that I want to ask around the circle is what is one of the most fun experiences that you've ever had in student ministry? So if you grew up in student ministry, you can go back to when you were 12 years old if you want to, uh, or if you've got something when you've been you know, in ministry. But what is one of the most fun experiences you've had in student ministry? Yeah, so for me, growing up, my parents didn't actually let me go to any church functions because wow. they were super overprotective. Okay. Um, and my, my mom tend to live out of fear. And so I missed out on all the fun things that my friends were doing in youth ministry. And so when I became an adult and I started jumping into volunteering at our Korean American church, we had students just coming over to our house to play board games all the time. And that was just super fun. We played Catan till like three in the morning and yeah. just all, like all the video games and, and stuff. So that I think is one of my most favorite memories awesome. with youth ministry. I didn't grow up in youth ministry either. And so I had never been to youth group until I became the youth pastor. And so it was super fun to create all those fun experiences. And I think I started with the really messy side first. And we did like a baked bean slip and slide and like Ooh. a hot oh, dog wow. dunk. And um, it was super fun to go home with baked beans in your pants. I loved it. I didn't... A baked bean slide? I've never heard of that before. So fun. Like a big plastic slip and slide. Full of baked beans. Full of baked beans. How many cans does it take to... I like giant. You got to go to Sam's Club and buy the giant ones. One. But it was a baseball themed night. We played baseball, but then we also played with baseball themed food. Okay. Yeah. Huh. It was super fun. So no Sorry. nacho cheese. Sorry. Ba <laughs> baked beans was baseball themed well, food? Like, <laughs> yes. Because it represents the chili that you put on I'm your dog. I'm a big baseball fan, <laughs> yeah. but I wasn't aware that the baked beans <laughs> like was a ballpark favorite. Or chili. Yeah. Or chili, yeah. It's too expensive it's to buy chili, right guys. The Atlanta game. <laughs> Sunday afternoon. It's 96 degrees. <laughs> yeah. Give me the... Uh, <laughs> Can I have the chili? Give me the helmet. Give me the helmet. Baked beans. Uh, I love it. So now you're making fun. Oh, man. No, but yeah, the messy game night stuff where just yeah. all sorts of nastiness and ruined clothes. Baked so beans. <laughs> so I remember my dad being in charge of my small group in the cinder block basement. So that yeah. wasn't fun. Um, and it wasn't really a small group. It was our whole Sunday school. Yeah. So, uh, but then we went to a new church where, that actually had a youth group, had some volunteer leaders and just hanging out. Yeah. so much fun. But from a getting to do youth ministry side, my most favorite thing was always the double gotcha games that we would play at camp. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, where you're get, you know, you're you're surprising certain kids and basically, you know, in front of the whole crowd and the whole crowd is 
laughing at those yeah. kids that get surprised, but then you double got you the crowd. Yeah. So we have one game where we would do like you're reaching into a jar and you're naming the type of M&M and the last jar is always a, uh, a mouse, right? Really? So, yeah, a live so, mouse? So the kid reaches in, sees the mouse and freaks out and the crowd goes crazy. But the last kid you have, you, you put marshmallows with a little string and you switch it out real quick. And the kid actually reaches in the jar and sticks the mouse in their mouth and the crowd goes <laughs> nuts. And it's always so much fun to do a double gotcha. We have like several, every year we end camp with a double gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was always my favorite. I like, I couldn't sleep the night before just cause yeah. I love that sound of the crowd, you know, just going crazy. So uh-huh. I, what's ironic is the same things that were probably some of the most fun for me growing up gave me ulcers as an adult, which would be lock-ins. That's true. Oh, um, more slip and slides. <laughs> more slip and slides filled with the baked baseball beans. favorite baked beans. <laughs> Guys, chili's too expensive. You can't oh, buy gosh. the chili. I'm going to talk about that so much, Charlie. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, just the idea of having untold hours ahead of me to be able to run around the church and, and play with play yeah. with friends. That was always a that was always a big thing. I think in it's ministry, freedom, right? Yeah, for sure. As yeah. much basketball as I wanted to play. Yeah, yeah. I think in in ministry, I think one of the most fun things we did is for, you know, for a long time, we did this uh, at my church in Kentucky. And then again, in Indy, we started off the summer with this thing called the race, which is kind of this big competition, split everybody up in teams. And we would do this game where we would get a bunch of tractor tires and kind of like blow. So just like giant inner tubes. And then we had some smaller inner tubes and we would get them wet and we would put like, you know, baby oil on them and like dish soap and everything like that. And one year we even tried to have the fire department come out and just like rain down, yeah, like empty cool. the, uh, the fire hydrant just yeah. kind of right on the middle. And then every, everybody's in like on all four sides, all yep. four teams and you say go. And then the whole thing is you just try to drag as many to your side as you can, but everything's slippery right. and everything's wet and everybody's yeah, running at them at the standby. same time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So parents maybe didn't love that one. Everybody got in the cars wet and grass stained yeah. and oily, but, but it was a lot of fun. All right. So in student ministry, it's no surprise to us and probably anyone listening that as we talk about fun things like lock-ins and baked beans and pants and, you know, we think about like, you know, dodgeball and pizza parties and all the different kinds of things that might conjure up when we think about youth ministry. It's no surprise that for a lot of people that aren't really involved in youth ministries, it's easy for them to think that student ministry is just a lot of fun, is that's kind of the point of it, or they only hear about the games, or they only hear about the trips and different things like that. Why do you think fun in student ministry can get such a bad rap sometimes? So I had a coworker once that was transitioning from student ministry to be a senior pastor somewhere, you know, the stepping stone yep. type ministry. And he told me, he goes, I want to give you one piece of advice before I leave. He goes, they're never going to see you more than the fun person. He goes, they're never going to take you serious because you're just fun, Miss mm. Charlie. And I was like, gosh, that really belittles all the awesome things that we're doing outside of baked beans, slip and slides. Yeah. And so I felt like having too much fun negated all the great depth that we also had in our student ministry. You felt like it did or you felt like that was the perception? I felt like that was the perception. Okay. It definitely wasn't the reality. Yeah. But I hated that my coworker was like, the whole church just sees you as fun. Yeah. And that's hard. But then you don't want to stop being fun either. Right. I think, you know, for me, I, I say often, because I think there are several people who they just are having a blast doing this job and they're having a blast having fun. 
but they haven't figured out, they haven't connected, how do I leverage this fund to be more strategic? Mm -hmm. You know, and so I've often said, like, if you're fun, it doesn't mean you're strategic. I still have questions about your ministry, even though you might be great and play awesome games and all those sorts of things. But if you're not fun, you're definitely not strategic Mm. because fun is a way to engage kids. Fun is a way to get that kid in the back of the room with their arms crossed to maybe move it to their side, to maybe move it to participating. It's like the universal language. It breaks down walls. That's the same for leaders, though, too. I've seen my leaders move from holding up the wall in the back of the room to engaging and really creating more relationships through fun. Right. Yeah, but I think sometimes fun is just not seen as professional. Like, Mm. you know, when you become an adult, it's like you now have to transition into being professional, put together, and fun is, like, not a part of that vocabulary. Um, But when we recommend, like, restaurants or great movies or anything to our friends, we don't talk about how professional it is. We talk about how awesome and how fun and amazing. And that's what students want. Students want things that are fun and they, they want to have fun and fun matters to them and they're going to come back for fun yeah. and they're going to invite their friends because it's fun. Yeah. There's almost a level of, and maybe not in all churches, but I think in some churches we're all going to feel this a little bit of inappropriateness when it comes to, to fun is that as, you know, as a, I mean, we don't in big church play games most of the time. I mean, there's not a time where at the beginning of a message, like, all right, I need, you know, welcome to church today. I need three people from the audience. All right, you know, Louise, come on up. Gary, come on up. Like, it just doesn't happen. And so I think that there's kind of this view of it doesn't happen in the same way in adulthood. And so it almost feels inappropriate in some ways, or at least kind of that's the expectation I feel like that it's right. that it's put on it in some ways. Yeah. yeah. And I think you have to exercise fun because I know when, before I started working in ministry, I, I used to be a seventh grade science teacher and you have to be professional. You have to dress a certain <laughs> way. There are standards and expectations and all this stuff. But then when I started working in ministry, it took me a while to get out of trying to look professional. Yeah. And now, you know, I get to do videos for you guys and I do all this crazy stuff. And Chef and I have been working together for a while yeah. and Chef was surprised that I can do all this stuff, but it took some time to get to that point of being fun and exercising yeah. that and being okay with having fun in ministry. Yeah, so. for sure. And I think sometimes we don't do ourselves a lot of favors in student ministry and the way that we kind of perpetuate this, you know, goofy image of what student ministry can be sometimes. Mm. I mean, I'm as goofy as they get, but like, so I'm not saying that we shouldn't be goofy or quirky or anything like that. But when, you know, when the only things that we are seen promoting and really talking about and the stories that get told are kind of the big, fun, goofy things, when we're not intentional about celebrating stories of what those big, fun, goofy things led to, then we're kind of creating a, you know, a false narrative to the rest of the congregation, the rest of the community. And then it's kind of almost our fault sometimes when we get viewed at as, you know, just the, oh, it's, you know, you're just the fun person or they just go to have fun there. We need something that's a little bit deeper for for our students. Yeah, they just play games over over there. So I think there is that that difficult tension that we probably all walk is, are there some things that we could be doing in our yep. leadership to help that? Probably. But are there just some challenges culturally when it comes to some of our churches? That's, I think that's, I think there's a truth yeah. to that too. Well, I think yes. And yes, you know, we need to be careful internally in the middle of the week, what we celebrate, that we don't just celebrate those big fun moments. But we also, I think, need to be thinking 
and asking the question all the time, you know, where is the fun leading? Yep. You know, what am I breaking these walls down for? You know, how am I engaging the game, the small group leaders, you know, um, one of the things we used to, we would make fun of small group leaders all the time. And I'd get the question, you know, like, how do you, how do you get away with making fun of your volunteers? And I was like, well, they, because they get it. Yeah. And you, you know, bring a small group leader up and force them with no preparation to do American Idol song. You know, that breaks walls down with kids. The next two and three years together, they're saying, you remember that time, you know, (laughs) Mr. Brett, when you were, (laughs) you know, um, anytime you can create those, remember that time moments, I think it's, it's a strategic, you know, and in a strange way is going to lead to that deep conversation after, after lights out one night at camp. Um, and so we've constantly got to be thinking like that. How do we get people connected and fun connects people? So let's jump into that a little bit deeper. So why, why does, why does fun matter? I mean, fun, fun is fun. All right. So it's, it's enjoyable. We have fun having fun, but kind of diving deeper into what you're saying, chef, why does it, why does it matter to what we're trying to do? I think fun connects people, you know? Um, and when you have fun with people, that's, you know, that's the whole point. Like, you know, I love to go to a baseball game. I love even more to go to a baseball game with my friends, you know, nice big bucket of baked beans while you're there too. (laughs) I mean, that's where you get the best baked beans, you know? So, and even there, right? We're having fun with Charlie. Yeah. And her baseball baseball foods. So. I think having fun breaks down walls. And like Chef was mentioning, you know, you're breaking down walls, but you're also creating memories that people can revert back to and have this common ground of talking about this moment or this event that they, everyone can go back to like, Oh my gosh, yeah, that was so much fun and laugh about it again or reshare it or whatever. The the language we always use was shared experiences. What can we do to create shared experiences, whether that happens outside the walls, inside the walls, in normal programming, in organic moments, but what can we do to create those shared memories where it is those remember that, remember that time moment. And to be honest, a lot of times it's even stuff that three, four years down the road, they don't remember, right. but it's because of those moments that we are where we are now. Well, and I think fun opens the door to our ministries. I think there's this, if you're not a church kid or you didn't grow up in church and your parents aren't the church people, that door is wide open when you say, hey, do you want to just come play laser tag? It opens the doors for those unchurched kids. Yeah. I think that's such an important thing that we can do in student ministry is that, you know, those those students that we have that aren't really the church kids probably have some sort of assumption on what church is like, maybe because of a bad experience that they had. And I think that it's such a healthy thing for us to just kind of blow that out of the water sometimes and, and, and help them have a completely different perspective of what church can be like and can feel like, even if it does start in a place that is just fun and relational and goofy. I talked to a student this week who's 26 and he goes, do you remember how I started coming to church? And, I, you know, of course, you're like, I want to remember. And you try to play it off. You're like, yeah, I no got idea. this. Um, but What's he, your name again? I know. <laughs> <laughs> he used to ride a skateboard on our church property, which was a big no-no, right? The trustees were like, no skateboards. <laughs> and so I asked him if he would come to a lock-in. And I would pay Oof. for him to come and be a part of it. And he, and he reminded me, he goes, it was just that invitation to something hmm. kind of cool where I felt I belonged and it was just super fun. He goes, that made me come back for worship the next week. Wow. And I wasn't just like the lady in the parking lot yelling, get off your skateboard. So, Well, and there's a quote that, that I know that we use around here some that I want to read that 
that speaks directly into this idea that you're talking about, Charlie. A student may never believe in a God who loves them if they don't see adults who love them. And they may not believe that you love them if you don't like them. And they may not know that you like them if you don't have fun with them. And so there's just this idea of, you know, having, having fun a lot of times is just kind of that, that doorway into those deeper relationships that, that can be built because of those shared experiences. That's good. So the title of this podcast is Why Curating Fun is a Crucial Part of Every Youth Ministry. And I know that's a little bit of a quirky title. What do you guys think it means it's to... not a very cu- fun word. Na- curate. No. Yeah. You think of a library. I do. I think of yeah, a library. Yeah. But what, when you think of this idea of curating fun, what do, you, what do you think that means? What comes to mind to you? I think like making or putting together fun... Okay. It in, seems in harder, culture. right? When you yeah. say curate, it makes me think I have to sit down, spend a lot of time in a deep dive on how yeah. to be fun. Okay. Yeah, because if you're thinking about like a museum, you know, they specifically p- pick pieces to put together in the museum and they're in certain spots and, and all that. So yeah, the word curating, I think sounds like we have to strategically pick particular fun things Okay. that will, I guess, meet everyone's needs, yeah. you know? Well, I like the word, even though, it, and I would, right? Because I get fun of having angry resting face all the time. <laughs> but I just like the word because I think it connects to the word strategy. Like I'm using fun to get somewhere, right? I mean, I'm having fun. It is great fun, but I do have a goal with fun. I'm yeah. breaking down walls and breaking down barriers to get to a place where kids are actually, you know, students are actually yep. focusing on something that would be, would be hard to get them to otherwise, you know, I mean, if we just started serious, you know, I mean, great teachers use fun all the time to get started and move kids into understanding deeper concepts. We should as well, because I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're pushing kids to wrestle with some of the deeper stuff, you know, and, and that's a great, I mean, that's how comedians can say anything. Right. Right. I mean, they, sometimes they get too much trouble, but I mean, I mean, how many times have you been listening to a comedian going, how in the world are they getting away right. with saying that? And the answer is because people are laughing. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, and they're moving people and they're saying things that are true, but just things you can't necessarily say in any well, other I, context. I think the students may retain some more of the serious things that we're talking about. Yeah. If there is some movement and some fun involved in that, For sure. they can relate those things back to each yeah. other. Yeah. 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 For me, this idea of curating fun, it's, you know, it's, it's on a couple different levels. Uh, on one, I just think it's important that we don't become lazy with just what is fun with our students. I mean, I know it's, you know, this game worked twice, so we're just going to start doing this game once a month or, Mm -hmm. Hey, we've done this trip three previous years. We're going to do, we're going to do this same, you know, this same thing because, you know, the group five years ago had, had fun. And so I do think that there is the, the action of the curating piece where it, it has to be intentional and we need, we need to be, we need to be thinking through what these fun elements look like for us. Um, but then also that we're curating fun for a purpose that there, that there's a reason that we're doing the, we're we're not just doing a game because we're not sure what to do for the first 10 minutes, you know, or we're not going to tell a joke, you know, at the beginning of, you know, a message because that's what Michael Scott public speaking rules tell us that we're supposed to do, but we're actually going to be doing this for a purpose. And so how do we curate all of these, all of these things, not in a, you know, a bad way, obviously, but to, to help them to work in favor for where we're trying to lead them to go in the first place. 
So what about this next question? So what would you say is the difference between kind of having a culture of fun and curating fun? Well, and I like the idea of having a culture of fun because it's part of the DNA then of your student ministry. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this outlandish baked bean slip and slide. It's just <laughs> but part. But it can. But it can. But it's just part of what you do and it's part of your everyday strategy. Yeah. If it's just a culture of fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I think both are necessary, like to have a culture of fun. Like for us, Sunday morning, pre-service time, we have a the four square thing going, yep. but not everyone likes to play Foursquare. And then we have like a giant Connect Four or two big giant Jenga tower things yeah. um, because everyone's version of fun looks different. Right. Like everyone likes to do different things. Some are, we have our girls small groups that like to have fun in their small group rooms and just have conversations in there and they don't want to be a part of the large group time. And so I think curating fun culturally, like as I think on a Sunday morning at where I work, that is part of our culture. But to to curate that, like for hosting, we curate yeah. the fun during that time. So I think there's specific times that you cultivate the culture and curate the fun during yeah. a Sunday morning. I see what you're saying. Jean, I totally want to go back to something that you just said, is that fun looks different for different students, yeah. right? And I think that's something that as student pastors, we need to be self-aware of because I had a lot of kids that have sensory issues that a baked bean slip and slide was mm. just, it was just over the top for them. Yeah. And it would make them crawl in a hole. It's not that they weren't fun kids and we didn't have to engage them, but we had to find different ways to engage the different students in our group. And I think it's so important that you said that. Yeah. I think for me, when I think about the differences of some of those and how they work together, you know, culture of fun to me is that we're, if we, when we do something, it's not going to feel out of place. Mm -hmm. So chef kind of going back to your small group leader thing earlier, yeah. a culture of fun is that your small group leaders know, and they're cool with at any point you could right. get called on stage onto a game yep. and you get the big picture of yep. what we're trying to do. Right. And you go for it when you're up there. That's not your chance to play it cool yep. or you're afraid how you're going to look in front of a bunch of middle schoolers. You know, this, this is just the culture of what we're doing. Hey guys, we're doing a baked bean slip and slide on Wednesday night. Yep. All right. If that's a part of your culture, people will be like, heck, yes, we are going to do that. And I can't wait for my friends to be here. Right. If that's not a part of the culture, that's probably going to be like, wait, like, yeah. where's this? Where's this coming from? And then the idea of curating it to me is is we're intentional about when we're choosing to do those things. And there's always something that it's that it's that it's trying to lead to. And we're thinking about the pieces that you're talking about where I'm not just assuming that because I think this would be fun as a 26-year-old right. male or as a you know 32-year-old female or, wh or wherever we are, just because I think it would be fun, I can't put that on every on everybody else. Right. And so, how do I think strategically about the different That's things great. that we're going to choose to use as this tool to help get us to a different place relationally, connected, shared experience, all of that. Love it. All right, so. Let's, let's talk about that next step with all that then. So what does it mean for us to be strategic with fun? We've talked about why it matters, kind of creating culture of fun, all those kind of different pieces, but how, how can we get strategic about fun? What can that look like? Well, I think sometimes it's when you don't use fun. You know, I mean, if we're really going to move students to a place where they're thinking deeply about something, I've seen this a hundred times when I, when I go watch a young youth pastor or youth minister and they're speaking and he or she, you know, gets 
gets the kids to this moment and it's serious. Mm -hmm. The inexperienced youth workers often make a joke in the middle of that to kind of lighten the tension. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, oh my gosh, you had them there and you, because you felt the tension, you know, made a joke to lighten the mood, but you actually, when you get them to that place, don't underestimate how deeply a middle schooler can think, a ninth grader can think, a 10th grader can think. Take them there seriously, and then once you have them there, then you can move back out and have some fun to lighten it after. But don't interrupt those deeper moments with fun just because you're feeling the tension of it. You know, yep. I just see it so many times. I just had to bring it up. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, it's just always just a side comment. Yep. You know? well, like, it's, oh, no. Well, it's, <laughs> and a lot of times they come from, at least in my experience, places of... Insecurity? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like right where right. I like I'm not sure if I said that right and so I'm gonna make a joke or I know I've 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 you know where you say some things and you kind of flub some words and you kind yeah. of go blah 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 <laughs> like kind Old of Testament names. Yeah, like you're right. making it you make a joke uh, but so often that just makes it worse than just kind of powering through and then kind of getting back on yeah. on track yeah. where where you were. What are some other thoughts? How can fun be strategic? I think you know, kids at school, and I talk about school a lot because I used to be a middle school teacher, <laughs> but they're on the schedule like all the time and they've got practice and there's like the mon- monotony of every day, everything just being the same. And sometimes as, you know, youth workers, we get caught up in, okay, well, the programming, like we've got to have this program. Like we, we start off with hosting and then there's the music and then we go into the message and then they go into small group. And every Sunday it's, we like, we stay with yeah how it's programmed, but I think you engage students more when it's a little bit spontaneous Mm -hmm. and it's not every Sunday that you're doing that because then it's like, ah, it's kind of crazy. Um, but every once in a while you do that, you know? So like for us last year, we had Halloween coming up and our team for whatever reason just thought, well, you know, they're middle school. Is Halloween still cool? We just don't know. And then we got talking about, well, we all love trick-or-treating, like trick-or-treating is just so much fun. And, you know, all the other ministry areas were doing, you know, dress-up costumes and all this stuff. And middle school usually just does not participate. You know, we're just too cool. But last year we decided, hey, like, let's just try it. And also, and what we normally do whenever we have events like that, we, you know, dismiss from large group into small group time and everyone, you know, just participates in conversations. But we said, hey, maybe we just dismiss from large group and we literally just go trick-or-treating throughout the building so small group leaders <laughs> bring their candy they hang out in their small group rooms and they pass out candy to the kids that just come walking by and it was just so much fun and we had set up the large group room for after they had all gone trick-or-treating that hey they'll probably just want to hang out and play and so we were thinking we'll just set up some games in the large group room but what actually ended up happening was all the kids ended up going back to their small group rooms and dumping out the candy and making trades and having conversations and talking and having fun that we were like, oh my gosh, this is like accidentally awesome. Like this is so great. And that's for us was a win, even though we didn't have like specific small group time, there was still fun and bonding and it was spontaneous and different. And I think it's so easy for for us, whether that's us internally or on the outside, people see those things and they say, what a wasted opportunity. You had teenagers for an hour on a Sunday to tell them about Jesus and they went around and did trick-or-treating and they played with can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, Somebody cue the wah, wah, right. wah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but following Jesus should be fun. Absolutely. Right? It should be fun. And, and we need to model that for our students because 
I think as we get older, we become you know jaded and life gets really hard and all of this stuff. And we need to find, we are wired for joy. Like yeah. yes. we, we just have that in us and that needs to be drawn out of us and yeah. just, yeah, just and have I, fun. And I think it's, it's, you know, an accumulation of those kind of experiences that, on the outside may not be viewed as spiritual, but when those things are a part of the culture, they create the opportunities for that late night phone call that you get that really matters or that conversation at camp around the campfire that you never thought would happen that, you know, four years into your relationship with this group of boys or girls finally happened. They happen because of those small group gatherings that you felt like, oh my gosh, we got nothing accomplished. Or those weeks where some people might look on the outside and say like, they're just, they're just goofing around. They just wasted an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. But it's those, it's those things over time that, that give us the opportunity to actually have these meaningful, life-changing kind of relationships and conversations. Yeah. I think you can even say that fun leads to freedom. Like, hmm. you know, you don't have to worry about being, like, once you're having fun, you don't have to worry about being judged or yeah. worrying about, you know, whether or not you've got all this stress going on at school or in your life. Like, it can just... You can just have fun and be yourself and and have start having those conversations with your small group um, and letting down those walls and yeah. barriers. You know, as I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, what's really fun, it reminded me of, you know, some of the camps we've done in the past. And I remember I would have people come. You guys have been a part of sixth grade camp. And, you know, we program a ton of fun into it. We have characters who have specific sayings, which is strategic because those sayings go on and yeah. kids can, you know, do them a years later because they remember that those characters and how fun they were. So I had somebody observing, you know, this camp and they said, do you know what I think the best part of it for these sixth graders is? And I was like, what? You know, and they're like, I think it's the fact that they get to stand on the chairs. In the cafeteria, we play music and yeah. they stand on the chairs. It's kind of a tradition. They stand on the chairs and they sing along together, you know. Oh, how and fun. Yeah. We don't allow them to stand on the tables, but they do get to stand on the chairs. And their point was that maybe we're overthinking a lot of the fun sometimes yeah. that simply the freedom of getting to stand on a chair yeah. in the mm -hmm. kitchen is, I mean, kids, they, and they just, I mean, they're singing, you know, let it go. Yeah. Know, screaming <laughs> and the boys are singing and the girls are singing and it's just a blast and it's fun and it's easy. Yep. You know what I mean? But I will also say, going back to the comment you made at the very beginning, like the things that I thought were most fun as an adult are the things, what did you say? They give me ulcers. You know, ulcers. <laughs> like, when you, as the youth leader, are cringing a little bit, it's probably the right thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that's good. They're staying on the chairs. They're going to break some chairs. Yes. Yeah. Mm. You know? You know what? Maybe we do break two chairs. But, you know, those kids having fun, you know, that's part of the... Well, and that's what they'll probably talk about. As investment. long as it's not, oh, yeah. a, it's not as long as it's not an chair. arm or a femur <laughs> that they broke. Right. If it's the chair, yeah. you know, that's the story they're probably telling. Right. No, that's a good point. <laughs> so one of the things that I know that, that I've come up against in student ministry that I think that I've seen fun get used strategically, but in not helpful ways sometimes. One of the, one of the things for me that has always just kind of gotten under my skin in student ministry is sort of the fun bait and switch. Um, mm. And uh, we might have to bleep this out again, Kyle, but this 
is is kind of my example that I talk about a lot where we do the all big these game big parties. The big game parties. Yeah, the big game parties. That's right. Sorry. I'm with you. Is that I've I've been I've been to so, you know, to so many, you know, growing up and just seen so many in my adulthood where we push our students, invite your friends, it's gonna be so much fun. We're gonna do this, we're gonna have this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna have this. And then at halftime, somehow you've got a transition from all of the sugar and all of those different things. We're going to bring everybody in and we're going to have a worship set and we're going to have an altar call and give you don't, and it, there's just so many things like that where I get that we're trying to use funds strategically, but I feel like sometimes we miss the mark with what we're trying to do strategically with fun and we're almost using fun as a means to an end, which I guess is sort of what we've been talking about in some ways. I don't know. It's something about that feels different for me though. I don't know I've that I can explain it super well. I've never been to a big well. game party where <laughs> halftime you had to come in and have a little prayer service. Yeah. I'm a little like kind of surprised at that. I didn't know that that was a thing and it kind of like makes me a little angry just hearing about it. I don't know how prevalent that is or maybe that's just some of my experience, but... I don't know. I recently had a conversation with someone um, and I was suggesting kind of breaking up the monotony of their every week thing, do a little fun. And they're like, we schedule our fun. That did not sound very fun to me. And that's what that sounds like when you talk about a big game party that you invite all these kids to hang out and then all of a sudden we're going to rally around for a prayer station. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, to me, the the goal is to get them to come back and to start a long-term relationship, I think, where we get to tell them those yeah. things, right? One example I can think of is um, Woodstock City Church. They were in a school, and they were the only people in the school, and they were the school was closed down, and they had this unique opportunity where you had that, they had a whole school to themselves, and Andy Jones was the director at the time, and he just went out, and he rented a ton of laser tag things so that they could mm. do night laser tag in a school, right? <laughs> and like... A thousand people showed up because it was this crazy opportunity and he didn't, but how many kids came back the next week because it, you know what I mean? It was, it was, um, it was, he he just couldn't do it. He couldn't do the bait and switch. He's like, I just, right. I just want to prove to these kids that we're just going to have a great time. And we're going to leverage our resources for well, their sake. And I think that is strategic to allow totally. something right. to just yeah. be what it is. Mm-hmm. I think I think so often, um, again, some I know sometimes it can come from outside pressure. I remember this big fun thing that we did one time in student ministry that was a complete success. And it was yeah. it worked exactly how we wanted it to do. And the next day I go in and I've got the email from a mom that just talks about how disappointing the thing was right. because we had an opportunity to tell however many hundreds of kids about Jesus and we lost that opportunity. But that doesn't make, we just need to be able to allow something to be what it is and then have some strategies about how we can move students along mm-hmm. to the next thing where they're actually be open. Because the purpose isn't for me to say certain things, right. but the purpose long-term is to be able to create this culture, to use these things, to engage them in ways where they're actually going to be open to what it is that we're going to be talking about. But I just think there's so much sometimes internally or outternally that outternally externally. 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 <laughs> that's fun. That <laughs> that makes us think that just something that's aimed towards towards fun and building relationships is somehow not strategic enough. Mm-hmm. And we've yeah. wasted an opportunity and we point. have to throw something and there's else a tension. in. And you should wrestle with that tension. Yeah. And you know, I think you're right. It doesn't always have to to be that it's, you know, it's it just even the decision we made for orange conference years ago yep. where we 
replace the worship night with what we now call seriously night. And the idea was, you know, like every conference has a big worship moment. What if we just had, what if we just made fun of ourselves, yep. you know, and had fun for the night? And it is one of my favorite. I don't. It's so I, cathartic. I skipped worship night all the time. It sounds terrible. But I mean, I was worshiping like crazy and I had lots to do, but I don't miss, yeah. you know, seriously night. And same thing. We added to the beginning of the National Youth Workers Convention, that comedy night. It's yeah. a great place to start and just laugh and be together. And then dive into the serious stuff, you know? Well, Gene said it earlier, life is supposed to be full of joy. And I think sometimes we miss that with schedules and work and being in the weeds of all the things. How fun is it just to sit around with your friends and laugh? Yeah, it's so much fun. All right. So as we wrap up this conversation, kind of any, any final thoughts that are on your mind we haven't hit so far? Yeah, I was just thinking if we're trying to curate fun for our ministries, I think we also need to look at ourselves as leaders and as small group leaders, whether we are having fun yeah. in life and in our families, with our friendships and relationships, because, you know, I think it just comes out of our overflow yeah. of um, if we're having fun, then we can we can also infuse fun into all the other things that we're doing Absolutely. in life. And then I think just, you know, I always, I don't think about it that. And so I always had to recruit someone and trust someone and give someone permission to say, yep. hey, you know, Plans are great. We need to add some more fun. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. I, you know, and once I start thinking, you know, I have a little bit to offer. But, you know, I just think you've got people who are naturally geared that way. Give them permission to jump in there and make sure it's happening. Yeah. I think fun is great for your volunteers. Um, it kind of breaks up the monotony of the weekend and week out. And so having fun with your leaders is, I think, is a great way to retain them on your team. Absolutely. And that goes back to just that culture piece that we were talking about. And if your volunteers are having fun doing what they're doing, they're going to be way more likely to talk to other people yep. in the church about how much fun they're having. Yep. And they're going to be more likely to say, hey, what's going on in student ministry? And, you know, I'm interested and getting involved with that. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on this idea of curating fun as a crucial part uh, of every ministry. So we would love for you to hop over to our Orange Students Facebook group. If you go to rethinkingym.org, you'll see some show notes from today and a link over there for you to jump into that conversation. We would love to hear what you think. Thanks for hanging out with us today for Charlie and Chef and Jean for her first time on a podcast. What a great job, Jean. Thanks for hanging out with us and we'll talk to you guys next time.